0: Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP gets her Karen manager fired. Our next Reddit post is from Jumping Conclusion. About 15 years ago, I worked in a large hospital for kids in the maintenance department. Our manager, let's call her Karen, was a major B word. No one on our team liked her, and we outwardly showed no respect for her after her constant harassment towards us in the two years that she worked there. She would call us on the maintenance radios and be rude or tell the guys that they were being incompetent. It was beyond micromanagement, but on top of that, she was also rude. She expected the maintenance guys to come do work at her house for free, or she would tell some of the hospital vendors that she would guarantee the hospital contract if they did work at her house for cheap. She used to brag about this to me. Karen and I were the only women in our department of about 25 people. I was a mouthy 20-something-year-old, and I didn't care for her attitude, so I would just say, yeah, sure, whatever, whenever she asked me to do things. I would do what she asked because it was my job, but I would have made a non-committal remark like that. One time, she asked me to come to her house and help her pull down some dead trees in her backyard since she was having a pool installed. I said no because I wouldn't do that for someone that I actually liked, let alone her. And pretty soon after that, she started treating me even worse than she did before. She had been trying to get me in trouble ever since then, such as seeing her buddy in HR on all emails to me because she wanted all of my replies in writing. Fast forward six months later. Me and one of the maintenance guys were chatting in the office, and I was five months pregnant with my first baby. Karen asked me to do something. I don't remember what, but I said, yeah, whatever, sure, I'll do that in a few minutes. Then I turned back around to talk to my coworker. She was standing behind me and I heard her whisper, "I wish I could slap the shit out of you." I could tell that my coworker heard her say that too, and I made no comment, but I was shocked. I acted like I didn't hear her though. She left the office a minute later to do something. I got up and walked down the hall to the employee health department because I was fuming, and my heart was racing. I was pissed. Also, I was five months pregnant. The nurse had me lay down for a bit, take my vitals, and write up a formal report. An hour later, she sent me back to my desk as an okay to continue working. When I logged back in, I saw an email from Karen with HRC seed asking where I'd been for the last hour because she called the office phone a bunch of times and I'd abandoned my desk. So, I emailed her back. I apologized for being away from my desk. When you said that you'd like to slap the s out of me, I was so upset that I had to be calmed down and have both mine and my baby's vitals checked at employee health. They were concerned about my hostile working environment and wanted me to stay there for the full hour. I made sure that I cc'd her buddy in HR, the rest of HR, Karen's boss, and Karen's boss's boss to make sure that everyone saw it. I was summoned to HR about 30 minutes later. I knew that Karen hadn't seen my reply yet. This was in the early 2000s, and her computer was down in the office near me, so she couldn't check her email with her phone. They had me go home for the day, and they put me on admin leave for three extra days. I came back to the office to see Karen's desk had been emptied out, and I never saw her again. Those guys in maintenance threw me the best baby shower ever three months later. It's so funny because normally baby showers is like an all-woman event, so, the, <laughs> Opie said that she and Karen were the only women, so it's just funny to think of what, that'd be 23 guys all throwing a baby shower, when typically there's no men in baby showers. Our next Reddit post is from Wabi Sabi Girl. This story was relayed to me by one of my favorite professors over five years ago, so my apologies if the details are foggy or inaccurate. My professor was a very, very private person. The sort of guy who would hesitate to tell you his favorite color if you hadn't known him long enough. He recently had an incredibly nosy couple move in next door, and he realized that the flimsy four-foot fence that he had got for his dog wouldn't keep out peeping eyes. So, he installed a new fence. But instead of using a standard-sized fence, which he knew his neighbors would peer over, he built an eight-foot fence. It wasn't even a week before the Homeowners Association started writing him, threatening every fine they could and claiming that he couldn't have a fence over six feet tall. So, being a dutiful citizen, he called the fence company to uninstall that fence. While the fence was being taken down, he closely examined the HOA handbook on the precise definition of fence. So, he installed a new six-foot fence that fit every single regulation but with a three-foot brick wall beneath it. Beneath that, we had this story from Embarrass Block. This reminds me of a guy that I worked with many years ago. He wanted a huge concrete wall next to his driveway. I'm talking the entire length of his land. So huge. City planning didn't allow it. There was no chance that he would be permitted to put something so large on the border of his land. He was a well-off dude, so he let his lawyers loose on the matter because he really wanted that wall. A month later, his wall was there with a mailbox fixed to it. All of this was within the city planning law, of course. It turns out, city planning stated that he could build a mailbox on a fixed structure. However, they never gave precise size requirements for that fixed structure. Our next Reddit post is from GopFixen. We had someone who was promoted to a management position, one step up on a very tall ladder, and instantly became a tyrant. For months, she made our lives hell and micromanaged every step of the way. One day, she got upset over a relatively minor mistake and sent us an all-caps email lambasting us for the error. In the email, she told us that if we couldn't do something so simple, we should start to consider other places to work because this wasn't a good fit. Keep in mind, most of us had been working here for a while, and our team was one of the top performing teams in the region. Of her team of four, she received her fourth resignation letter today, just a week and a half after her email. Our next Reddit post is from the ex who didn't care. I was working at the postal station from hell. I had a piece of rolling equipment get caught in a piece of broken tile and then pop up and land on my toe. It shattered the toenail. I was lucky not to have a broken toe from it too. So as a result, I was put on light duty, which meant that I had to work the service window where people come to pick up packages, signature required mail, fill out change of address forms, stuff like that. Remember, I have a foot injury. This means that getting around is not easy for me. I have a customer come in about an hour before closing. They hand over two, pick up your mail forms for certified letters. Y'all probably don't realize this, but in big city facilities, we don't have your certified mail sitting in a gold case all by itself, with postal workers just staring wistfully at it, wondering when we're gonna see you. No, we have your mail sorted out by the last number of your street address in trays with hundreds of other certified letters, just like yours. This means that it can take quite a while for us to find your mail when you finally drag your butt in to pick it up. So, I go looking for these two letters. It was recent enough that I checked the standby cubby that we had for these types of letters. Ugh, not there. So, I hobble to the longer-term storage area, about 10 feet from the door. I finally find both letters and go to the window. The customer tells me he wants to talk to the postmaster because I took three minutes to get his mail, and that was unacceptable. I tried to convince him to get the party more likely to be on the premises to handle his complaint, my supervisor, but nope. He's adamant about speaking to the postmaster. Here's a hint for all you people. The later in the day it is, the less likely the postmaster will be there. But okay, you want the postmaster, you get the postmaster. I smile and tell him, Sure, I'll go get him now, and I shut the Dutch door, with his mail still in my hand. You thought that three minutes was a long wait? Ha! You just activated a union worker trap card, bub! So, I went to the postmaster's office first, but as usual, he wasn't in there. Still, I made a good faith effort to look for him there. I didn't see him on the floor either, so I checked the dock. I also checked the break room. I knocked on the men's room door. No answer. Whoops. That soda just worked its way through me. I need to use the ladies room now. I was about to check the parking lot to see if his car was even there. Oh look, there's the postmaster coming back from an off-site meeting. I take the time to bring him up to speed on the customer's complaint. The postmaster knew me, knew about my toe, and smiled. How long have you kept him waiting now? Hmm, I think it's been 20-25 minutes. You can deal with him while I handle the paperwork. This'll be fun. You're lucky that I like you because you're a hard worker, though. The customer was absolutely livid when the door finally opened again. He demanded that I be fired right then and there. As if that's how it works in a union job. My boss, to his credit, chewed out the customer for being such a jerk to an injured employee, who had actually done a great job in taking only three minutes to find two letters amongst hundreds in two separate locations. He even took one of the mail trays over to the ledge, slammed it down, and said, see how long it would take you to go through this to find not one but two letters, and then tell me that three minutes is too long. The lesson to be learned, if union workers don't have to take crap off dirt bags, we won't. So spare yourself a whole lot of grief and chill the F out. It's only mail for crying out loud. Our next Reddit post is from Patient House. My ex-employer announced some news regarding our jobs. It was obviously false, but instead of calling out the BS, I treated it exactly as though it were true and it bounced back in their face. This happened a while ago when I was working in a community-based organization. We provided end-of-the-line shelter for people, and we did rights advocacy in a medium-sized town of about 100,000 people. The salary was low, but most employees were there because we believed in what we did. The main problem was the manager. She did not act in accordance to the set of values the organization was based on. She was grossly overpaid compared to employees. She took everything personally. She made sure we were cut off from administrators, and she created an atmosphere where people feared retribution. We were unionized, but after a few months, I realized no one was ever filing complaints, even for trivial matters, because they feared that she was going to lash back at them. It turns out she had done this exact thing to a few people in the past. Once I decided that I wasn't going to stay there much longer, I decided to sign all the complaints that I could. I figured I would see them to the end and then leave. That way, administrators couldn't claim not knowing, and there was a chance for my colleague to have a better work environment. So, of course, the next few months for me were a living hell. She picked on me regularly. Still, most of my colleagues sided with me, at least privately. One morning, she calls a staff meeting, and she explains that a large amount of complaints have been filed in the last month. She looks at me, and then continues. She says the cost to settle them or to pay the lawyers to fight them might bankrupt the organization, and thus, everyone is at risk of losing their job. Panic ensues. My colleagues start crying. They're calling their significant others, and a lot of people are begging me to take the complaints back, stating that she got the lesson some of them are genuinely pissed at me. In my opinion, this was obviously BS to turn them against me. I mean, the sole emergency housing option in this city would be closed for a dozen complaints where I'm not even asking for money in any form, over legal fees which are usually budgeted for in advance? Come on, this is basic fear-mongering. Normally, I would have questioned it during the meeting or tried to reason with them afterwards. But this time, I decided to comply with that narrative and treat it as true. I left for my break, and I did what I would have done if we were really closing. Appeal to the public outrage to help us fulfill our mission. I called the news. I told them verbatim the morning announcement, the service hole this would create in the community, and the job impact that it would have in the city, etc. The local news actually picked it up. They called the manager and administrators about running the story. They questioned why there were enough complaints to threaten a 35-year-old pillar of the community services, asking what the complaints were about, etc. Before 4 p.m. that same day, we had a second meeting to explain that we must have misunderstood the first meeting, because the organization was in no way, shape, or form in danger of closing. Sure, we must have misunderstood. Moral of the story, let those who brewed the piss, drink it. Our next Reddit post is from TV. I used to work at a mom and pop store that sold clothes, farm supplies, animals, and sporting goods. Anyway, since we sold sporting goods, we also sold bait fish. Fishermen would frequently stop by our store to buy them to fish with, and they were sold by the dozen. Usually, when I scooped bait, I would give a few extra fish to my customers. I had this one Russian lady come in to purchase bait fish, so just as I normally did, I scooped a net full of fish and started dumping them in the bag, counting them individually, and then I added a few extra to the bag. The lady watched me do this, but she insisted that I didn't give her the correct amount. I assured her that not only did I give her the dozen that she paid for, but I also gave her a few extra. I literally just counted them, and I've done this for long enough that I was really good at eyeballing when it was over a dozen fish. This lady just kept insisting that I didn't give her enough, so I said, okay, let's count together just to be sure. So I dump all the fish from the bag back into the net, and we started counting together very slowly. One, two, three, four, etc. We get to 12, and it's very clear there are several extra fish still in the net. I look up at her and I was like, Oh, you were right, I didn't give you the right amount. I then proceeded to dump the remaining fish back into the tank right in front of her and gave her exactly the amount that she paid for. She ended up just looking bewildered when I handed the fish back to her and she left. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.